Hi everyone, before we go ahead and get started, I just want to give a quick content warning. This game contains themes of trauma, particularly the sorts of trauma commonly experienced by queer people of marginalized genders. The game materials itself contain gore, nudity, and sexuality, and uh, please be warned that this arc will likely touch on themes of grief, trauma, sexuality, mental illness, and violence. So we'll continue to give content warnings throughout. If that sounds like that's going to be a bad time for you, then go ahead and tune in next time for a more standard arc for the Eternity Archives. There is a library that exists at the Nexus where all other universes collide. Inevitably, things wind up there by mistake. Books, artifacts, people. This is the place where things from all universes end up when they get lost. This is the Eternity Archives. Welcome to the Eternity Archives, a bi-weekly actual play TTRPG podcast where we play interdimensional librarians trying to bring order to the multiverse. This week, we're back with Dungeon Bitches, but before we dive in, I wanted to remind everyone that this chapter contains themes of trauma, particularly the sorts of trauma experienced by queer people of marginalized genders. There's also going to be some themes of grief, trauma, sexuality, mental illness, and violence. So if that's not something you want to listen to, you might want to skip this episode. Lots of violence. Lots of violence. Yes, this is, <laughs> this is going to be a spooky one, y'all. I also wanted to give a big shout out to our newest Kofi monthly supporter, Rhea. Thanks so much for supporting the Eternity Archives, Rhea. If you want a shout out on the Eternity Archives or other cool perks, including a special members only hollow sticker designed by our very own Bappy, you can also become a monthly supporter at Kofi.com slash the Eternity Archives. Since we're an independent podcast, all of our monthly supporters are very near and dear to our hearts and make a huge, huge difference for us. Okay, so now that the housekeeping's out of the way, I can go ahead and introduce myself and my co-hosts. Hi, uh, I'm Ziva. My pronouns are she, her, and I play Linda, the human office lady, who is not sure how this chapter of her life is going to go. She's uh, feeling pretty nervous. I also have a discussion question for all of my co-hosts to answer. How do you feel about like dark or angsty or heavy storylines? I'm a bit of an odd duck personally because I actually really do like them, but only if they're weird. Like, I can deal with heavy storylines in, like, horror movies or fantasy stuff. Like, I love uh, Midsummer. I love Game of Thrones. I love, like, heavier stuff. But um, I can't watch anything that's actually, like, realistic drama at all. So, like, Breaking Bad and The Sopranos, not on my list. I'll watch a billion, like, horror movies that are, like, metaphors for grief or trauma. But I need weirdness. So, yes to the Duke, but no to, um, I don't know. Bappy only had half a joke there. Yeah, I did. I only have <laughs> half a joke. I got the Baba, but no Duke. <laughs> so, Bappy, do you want to go next and introduce yourself? No, but I guess I kind of volunteered myself. Hey, everyone. My name is Bappy. My pronouns are they, them. I play Rilda Jaquel, who is a tiefling, sad baby, usually already kind of like on the lower end of, not lower end of sad, but not as happy as other people. I'm probably going to be even more sad this chapter, especially considering how I feel about dark and angsty stories. To no one's surprise, I love them. I was actually thinking about this over the weekend, 
And my favorite book when I was like in fourth grade was this book called Lucas, which I think so it was basically, you know, like Manic Pixie Dream Girls. It was basically a book about Manic Pixie Dream Boy who who <laughs> like lived in the swamp and like did wood carving and stuff like that and like helped show this girl how the world could be weird and fun and all this stuff. And then he ended up dying at the end of the book. Sorry, spoiler alert. But uh, <laughs> I think that was just very formal for me just like wow stories can be upsetting and sad <laughs> why is all children's literature like deeply depressing I don't know like and, and I don't want to be like oh I love like a sad ending because I don't I don't like sad endings but I just I don't know I like to feel pain <laughs> I guess <laughs> if real is happy Bappy is not yeah correct sorry uh real's just gonna die sad and alone and in a ditch somewhere <laughs> no. I'm just kidding I'm just kidding that is not canon this is not canon <laughs> not yet all right so I'm Dorka my pronouns are she her I play Zen the badass lizard lady who is probably having a bad time I don't like angst. I have no use for it, no time for it in my life. I will watch like darker TV shows and stuff sometimes, like if they're good TV shows, like, I don't know, but it's, I I generally prefer stuff with more like hopeful and optimistic tones. I like being happy. I think this is kind of relevant, um, but like there's this new quiz going around where it's like, what emotion do you create art from? And I believe Ziva and Dorka, you both got the same thing. What was it again? Love. You both got love. Yeah, I got loneliness. <laughs> and I think that's just, that pretty much describes us in a nutshell, I feel like. <laughs> yeah, it explains a lot. Two of us are creating this podcast out of love. And one of us is creating this podcast out of loneliness. Yeah, I need you guys to at me and just say nice things about me. I'm just kidding. You don't actually have to do that. That was a, that was a joke. I will say nice things about you on this podcast. Oh, that's sweet. Yeah, don't, me too. Don't, no, that's that feels weird. Don't do that. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, when we last left off um, on this podcast, our three heroes have been drawn into the book drop involuntarily, and they ended up in some other library. And they ended up all on their own. So uh, things are about to get serious. Are y'all ready to see what happens? Yeah, let's go find some mystery boys. Let's go find those mystery boys. So we're in the library. Well, we think we're in the library. It's like the library. Something about the lighting is a little off. And the place just seems a little bit unnatural. I'm going to roll on the weirdness table, actually, to see, like, what's kind of off about this place. Go for it. Cool. First roll. Actually, I'm not going to roll on the weirdness table. I'm going to roll on the aesthetics table. All right. Uh, 41. So blandly functional stone slab floors, plain stone walls. So it still looks like the library, but it's like the material is different? I think it's more like, you know, the library has always been sort of like, it's been organized, but it's also been alive. You know, there have always been people like going around doing stuff. And I think now it's just very like perfectly orderly. Like the shelves are all, you know what? Maybe the shelves are bare. Ooh, I like that. Ooh. It's like weirdly like modern minimalistic kind of. 
where it's like yeah okay yeah and just like everything is flat because i think the normal library doesn't have a lot of like flatness to it because there are just these weird corridors and strange rooms and i think the part of the of the library that zen is now is all straight lines and sharp angles and almost colorless flat blandly functional creepy yeah i like that it's still dark in this room right i think it's dark but not like so dark that we can't see Suzanne calls out to the others, and her voice echoes in this space. Rill? Linda? There are places in the, the library where her voice echoes, but usually there are books on the shelves, there are other people, there's not enough to echo like this. It just seems so empty here. So she'll call out once. She'll call out again. Linda? Rill? And then she'll listen. As you listen, you can hear some kind of movement, like air moving, but it's very subtle. You can't tell where it's from at first because it's kind of like the noise in this room is a little strange, where it's kind of the vibrations or whatever are maybe bouncing around the room. So Zen will, not hearing anything other than moving air, will just start to walk. She's not going to call out again because... It didn't work twice, so there's no point in trying anymore. And she will just start to move. So when Linda takes a look around her current surroundings, she sees similar space to Zen. The shelves lie empty. The sounds that she makes, her nervous shuffling, echoes across the space. And it's dark. It looks like the library, but like a shade of the library, a reflection of the library, and it makes her intensely uneasy. She tries to see if she has her journal on her, and patting her pockets wildly, she finds that there's nothing there. Instead, she's just alone. She has nothing on her. None of her friends are here. She starts to breathe heavily, and as she stumbles around the space, she calls out to see if Zen or Rill are nearby, and nobody answers. Should I roll a weirdness? I think you can roll whatever you want. Yeah, weirdness might be good for this. Yeah. I'm going to roll a weirdness to see if there's anything in particular that Linda runs into. 64. It says, air of portent, prophecies and visions common. Ooh, what does that even mean? <laughs> what it means in this case is that as Linda stumbles down the hallway, she sees what she thinks is in her own mind and not in reality. She sees flashes of her friends, of Zen and of Rill, turning away from her, sort of like a, like a sneer upon both of their faces. And uh, she runs to try and catch up with them but they run faster and leave her alone, which continues to unnerve her. She takes a minute and just kind of decides to sit down on the floor and maybe wait and see if anyone comes around. She's very shaken and she's not quite sure what to do. So what was Linda's environment? It's just the library, right? Yes. Basically. Yeah, it's it's the same as what Zen had. I'm just going to go with that if that's okay. Okay, so for real, I imagine none of their landings are very graceful, so they kind of just like fall out of the void onto their face or something. They get up, you know, they see some kind of library room. They've been to different rooms, like opened Eldritch doors and stuff like that. That's how they found Dumpling. 
And so they kind of assume this is one of those rooms, but it's definitely unsettling. Things feel off. I think their wings are like folded to their back and they're kind of glancing around because this isn't the first time they've landed alone. They kind of expect that there's going to be some kind of person that will lead them back to the others. Maybe this isn't, this is just a library looking room. It doesn't necessarily have to be the library. Um, but as the moments crawl by and nothing happens, they are getting a little bit more on edge about what this could possibly mean and that something is wrong, especially with their concerns in regards to the journal not having any pictures or an objective. They don't call out for anyone because they don't want to make any noise. So they wrestle with themselves for a few moments. You know, when you're lost as a kid in the mall, like your parents are like, okay, stay in one place. We will come find you. So actually, yeah, that's exactly what they do. They don't want to walk around because they don't know where they are. They're afraid that they might miss Zen or Linda or someone else. So they just sit there at first <laughs> and they just like wait. And what happens as they wait, as minutes crawl by, the room around them that is library-esque starts slowly changing. So for this, I'm going to roll a dungeon aesthetics, but I'm also going to roll a dungeon weirdness, and I want to mix them both up, like Ooh. fuse them together, I guess. Do that spooky mashup. Do it. Yeah, spooky mashed potato. I rolled two at the same time. I don't know why I did that, so I'll just go left from right. One is five and the other two, so 52. So for Dungeon Aesthetics, that is rebuilt many times, a patchwork of brick, stone, cement. So similar to Zen's room, what happens with that where instead of, was it smooth marble or plain stone walls, right? It was plain stone walls. Yeah, stone slab floors and walls. Okay. It happens very slowly and incrementally. I imagine it is like when you're like transitioning and it kind of like blends together. So whatever walls the library usually looks like. And maybe it starts in the corners behind Rill. The walls start hardening and transitioning to brick, stone, cement, as the listing says. And since this is rebuilt many times, I imagine it to be more cracked. Like, this is a very not stable construction here, and it's sort of falling apart. And like I said, I think it's happening behind Rill at first because, you know, they're not noticing it. And then the second thing I will also dungeon weirdness. So I got a one and a two, so the 12. Pale plants grow here despite the lack of light. So what happens here, I imagine the cracks I mentioned before, these pale plants are actually starting to come out of the walls at first, just unruly plants kind of with an accelerated growth. So yeah, I think Rose is sitting there and plants are slowly growing out of the wall behind them as the walls around them shift. <laughs> That's very spooky. That is extremely spooky. Yeah. I don't know why I have a plant thing. Uh, plants are just drawn to me, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So should we go back to Zen? Yeah, sure. Did you want to roll anything else or kind of narrate yourself more before I stepped in with whatever? Or how do you want to do this? Yeah, so I think I'll roll again because uh, as Zen is traveling through this bland straight angular library 
do some weirdness. Yeah, this is a nega library because it's a straight library and not a gay library, and that's how you know what's wrong. <laughs> <laughs> so I got a 23, which is Domain of the Wounded Mother. Things can't die no matter their injuries. Oh shit. So I don't think I don't think that's something Zen can see or feel. There's still been this oppressive sense ever since arriving here that this place is wrong. This place is not where Zen is supposed to be. But she's still moving through these corridors and looking through her friends. Okay, so you hear a voice behind you that sounds kind of familiar, kind of off, but it's definitely one you've heard before. It's been a while. You know, I wasn't thinking I'd be uh, running into you so soon again, princess. Is this this is behind her? Yeah, behind her. Zen turns over her shoulder and like I guess she didn't have a weapon with her when she went in because we were at Linda's sleepover. Yeah, but maybe she spawned in with one because like for Rill's deal, they would have a lantern as part of their character. So maybe you also got an item because like you're like the fighter type, so it'd be weird if you didn't have a weapon. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So Zen does have a sword. She hears this voice. She's not drawing her weapon, but she's kind of like baring her claws just because it's so quiet in here that she wasn't expecting the noise. Mm-hmm. But she'll she'll relax fairly quickly when she sees who it is. So, I mean, you can tell this person is like different in that it looks like real kind of, but their posture and maybe their gait as they're walking towards you is definitely a little more upright. Their horns are different in that one is they're like more upturned and like pointing up, maybe more like traditional like devil looking horns or demon horns. And then the left horn is busted up like it's been broken in half and they will point a gun at you. Kind of like a similar looking (laughs) gun. Yes, like a fantasy handgun, not like a fucking like pistol, like (laughs) like standard pistol. (laughs) Do you remember me? It takes Zen a couple of seconds to put it all together. Because, for one, Zen has seen her friends and herself changed before when they've gone through the book drop and materialized in other worlds. So, at first, she just assumes this is real. Changed. But then real points a gun at her, and I think Zen has the- I think the thought that goes through Zen's head is, the real real would never find the spine. Wow! <laughs> Getting to truths already here on Dungeon Bitches. <laughs> <laughs> that is what she thinks, and is this figure recognizable as the person she fought in Henshin? Uh, they're not in the suit. I don't remember, did we see their face? Uh, I'm trying to remember. I don't we I think, think we saw. No, you didn't. Yeah. Because I left that ambiguous. Yeah. You saw their, their... Their color and their horns? Yeah. Yeah. Right. Zen also just doesn't... She's seen a couple of guns before at this point, but doesn't really, like, understand them so well. I think they also had a gun in Henshin. Right. So Zen pulls out her sword, and it's, like, a big-ass sword. Like, this is almost like an anime-sized sword. It's uh, almost comically oversized. But she has no trouble lifting it or wielding it. So she'll pull that sword off her back and be like, what the hell are you? They just start laughing. (laughs) Like, one, because your sword is so fucking big and they're just like, okay, yeah, uh, that's some Zen shit right there. Predictable as always. Just uh, pull out the weapons, try to beat your way through it. 
you don't really think about any of your other options, do you? Because I guess that'd be too hard. It's always worked so far. Uh, yeah, so far. Lick, I asked you a question. Okay, cool. You're not my queen. <sighs> do you want to make this difficult? Look at you, I could break you in half with my hands. <laughs> okay, then go for it. Fight, 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 fight. You know what? We're gonna try get a read on somebody. Okay. So use this move when you probe or assess somebody to see what it would take to work out how to get them to do what you want. This move isn't mind control and can't compel action from the truly unwilling, but it can get people acting if you're smart with it. Uh, on a fail, they're not buying it and get a bond on you. And that's just my 2d6s. I rolled a six, and I believe that's just a fail. Yeah. Okay. So I guess how do you get a read on them? Well, it says you probe or assess somebody to see what it would take to work out how to get them to do what you want. So Zen's just trying to, to threaten her way through this. Okay. They get a bond on you. So let me just see what I can do with the bond. <laughs> do NPCs get bonds on PCs? They do, right? Yes. Yes. Oh, I see. NPCs and bonds. Okay, hold on. So they just kind of shrug at you. Like, the air this person is carrying around them is just, like, cocky fucking asshole. Just, like, so stupid shit-eating smirk. And then they just shoot you. They just fire two rounds right at you. Okay. I don't know if there's, like, a move to defend. Um, there's Endure Pain. I guess Aura can lash out. Yeah, okay. I guess those are two separate things. Endure Pain is use this move when something horrible happens to you and you have to cope with it. I want to say- I mean, would you say Zen getting shot is horrible? I mean, it's kind of horrible, but it's like- <laughs> Yes, I would say that. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, so what's Lash Out? That's, like, just fighting, right? Yeah, so Lash Out might work better because that is just fighting. Okay. Oh, so NPCs have their own pool bonds they can draw from. So should I have figured that out beforehand, I guess? Well, I haven't rolled yet, so... That's fair. Yeah, okay. Yeah, let's let's just have bonds that build up as we play for the NPCs, I think. Yeah, that works for me. That's fine. So yeah, uh, they just shoot you. Like, you're, like, posturing a little bit, and they're just like, I don't care. I, I have a fucking gun. You have a sword. <laughs> yeah, once the aggressive action has been taken... Zen only has one recourse, which is to lash out and fight back. Uh, it is not conceivable for her to do anything else. I got an eight. Got an eight? Okay. An eight is the problem is solved. Uh, you pick an option from the list, and so does the GM. Yeah, so we both, we both pick something from that fail pool. I'm going to pick... You take a point of hurt, and I'm going to use the bond that I have on you to make it two points of hurt. I'm going to pick something valuable of yours is lost or destroyed in the fight, and say that, like, one of those shots from the gun deflects off of Rill's sword and, like, breaks it in half, basically. Do you mean Zen sword? Yeah, Zen sword. Yeah, that works. So my Amazon move is effortless violence. When I lash out successfully, if I would take any hurt as a consequence, I take one less hurt than I otherwise would. Okay. So they were almost like aiming to kill because they don't care, really. So they probably tried to shoot you somewhere critical, maybe not like at your heart or your head, 
uh, they were taking body shots, but they were trying to hit your squishiest parts of your body. So in my mind... I think her stomach is among her squishiest parts. Yeah, so I guess I'll let you kind of figure out how that resolves in the fiction for removing one hurt because of your uh, ability. Zen's aim here was to take this person down. Mm -hmm. What are we calling this person? You can call them real. (laughs) I mean, it's real. (laughs) Yeah, for simplicity's sake. So Zen is charging at real. And I think her reaction when those shots go off is quick enough that she isn't hit, like, straight on. Mm -hmm. Partly because, like, her blade does take a great deal of that damage. But she will get the momentum to, like, tackle Rill. Okay. It's fighting in this game is basically supposed to be, like, just one move. Right, yeah. So, on a success, it says the problem is solved and I get what I wanted, which in this case was to just, like, get real on the ground. And the the cost I took from that was the loss of my weapon and a point of damage. Or not damage, that's very different in this game. A point of hurt. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, that works. You know, they are definitely knocked off guard. I think more because of the impact and less because it happened, because obviously you're much bigger than they are like it's still real and they let out a noise like as they hit the floor but they're still just kind of chuckling to themselves uh you know they still got that shit-eating grin on their face and they're just kind of like looking at you waiting to see what you do next so zen is like much much bigger than real and just like has them pinned down doesn't have her well she has a broken sword and she holds it up and zen says all right, fine. I don't care what the hell you are. Just tell me where I am. Maybe that's an easier question for you to answer. Or it's just a really stupid question when you could just look around and use your eyes. Where do you think you are? This isn't where I'm supposed to be. And where is it that you are supposed to be? Zen reaches into like her pack to find her journal, and there's nothing there. I didn't really take you for much of a book person. That's kind of surprising, isn't it? Would you just shut up? No. (laughs) (laughs) So I think at this point, Zen's been a little reluctant so far, been holding back just because this person does look like Rill. But now I think she's going to like basically go for the throat with her claws. But as we had rolled earlier, nothing in this area can actually die. Yep. So do you do it? Oh, she tries. Okay, yeah, but I can still take damage. So describe what happens to Rill here as you go for their throat. So Zen goes for Rill with her claws and, like, digs in. It's kind of just a a bloody attack, and in most cases, like, that would have been enough to finish someone off. Mm -hmm. And it is frustrating and confusing to her that nothing seems to be happening like it does do damage she can see the damage she can see the wound she can see the blood Mm -hmm. but she knows what it looks like she knows what it feels like when someone dies yeah so i think this is like a horribly gruesome scene like you just rip through their throat obviously very important veins are in there there's just blood gushing out and spraying up at you dribbling down on them and they just keep they just chuckle like this like horrible gurgling noise and they're just like grinning at you with a pained and tired expression because they still feel this pain but they're not dead and they're just like yeah uh, you can't even finish the job on the one thing you should be good at 
And I kind of want to use that as like a way to intimidate Zen to back off from them. I'm not sure if there is a move like that, though. Hmm. It could be like get a read on somebody, right? Yeah, I think I think that might be that might be get a read on someone or alternatively, I don't think NPCs necessarily need to roll moves, do they? I actually don't know. That's a good question. And it doesn't really say that NPCs have to follow through on moves. But regardless, I think that like a statement like that that like does cut into Zen is going to cause her a point of hurt. Okay. Yeah, I think she's hurt by that. Is she, like, taken aback? Like, would they be able to kind of wiggle out of your your grasp? Or they might just point the gun straight at your face. Do they still have the gun? Yeah, it, like, I didn't get any consequences. I was thinking they still held on to their gun. If there was a consequence, I would have said they dropped their gun. But I don't believe there was a consequence for me, right? Well, the consequence for you is mostly just I win the combat and get what I want. Yeah. Which was to overpower Rill. Yeah. I just think pointing a gun at your head would be really cool. Fine, they don't have the gun in their hand. Um, I guess they would have, like, one hand over their throat to kind of stop the fucking gushing of blood out of their neck. With their other hand, they would just punch you in the face. Like, they're just trying to get you off them. Oh, shit, I haven't even been using my stats. I haven't been adding my bonuses, but I guess it wouldn't have helped in either case, so I guess it doesn't matter. Yeah, because I don't think NPCs can really roll because NPCs don't have stats. Well, I think there's, like, NPC bitches, technically, and is that what they would be considered as? Well, there are NPC bitches, uh, but you don't, like, roll for them. It's just descriptions. Okay. So I think I think you just describe whatever the NPC does, and then the players have to roll in response. Okay, yeah, they just punch you in the face to get you off them while you're, like, stunned <laughs> for that brief moment. Well, I think uh, violence, like, snaps her out of it. That's fine. And she's gonna try again, get real by the wrists, and, like, slam them into the ground. Uh, yeah. So there's, there's like, back on the ground, right? I imagine maybe you... How are you slamming them? Are you, like, pushing them down, or are you, like, directly bringing them straight down onto the ground? I'm imagining real is, like, flat on their back, and Zen is, like flat on top of them with her considerably more significant bulk. Yeah, I think they just, I mean, they just let out like a a noise of pain. Uh, They definitely look beaten the fuck up and they're still just smiling weakly because they are getting the shit kicked out of them. But they're just like, it doesn't seem like you can kill your way out of this one, princess. And Zen says, yeah, well, at least I can stop you from following me. And um, Zenda's gonna, like, fucking break Rail's leg. Jesus Christ. Uh, yeah, they just let out a shout, because their fucking bonesy-wonesies got broken just now. And they're just, like, a temporary solution, <laughs> as always. Zen will get up and sort of, like, dust off her hands and turn away and say, like, Yeah, well, I'll find my way out without you. And she uh, leaves this beaten real clone behind and moves on. As you are going, you just hear the disgusting gurgling, like, cackle of their throat being ripped open as they're just kind of laughing. But also in a lot of pain. (laughs) And it just echoes in the room. Man, this got real hard real fast. (laughs) Real hard. Sorry, whenever you guys say real, I always want to make a real pun. (laughs) But it's just like, no, no, I gotta gotta (laughs) save those. I gotta pace them out. Um, yeah, just the sounds of their gurgling cackle just echoing in these walls. 
so Rill is in this room with the walls that are slowly shifting to a mismatched, broken, fucked up warehouse looking thing. And they notice the vines creeping out of the wall. And they're just like, uh, okay, that is fucked up. But it's not bad yet because they are just plants. And this is clearly uh, a weird, fucked up, magical room. And maybe it's okay if I leave it. I'm just gonna go one room right over and uh, uh, hope it's not, it, it is less fucked up. And they just kind of wait a second because they're probably waiting for someone's approval. Remember again, they're alone. And then they would leave. I'm trying to decide if it would be a hallway or do you think it should just go straight into another room? <laughs> I guess straight into another room is more spooky. Yeah, and I'll roll for that, I guess. So I'll do another dungeon aesthetics and another dungeon weirdness. Or do you think I should keep the dungeon aesthetics and then just roll another dungeon weirdness? Up to you. I like rolling. I'll roll for both. <laughs> so I got a six first and a five. So, oh, religious imagery engraved into the walls. Yeah, they don't like this much better. To them, it, this would probably, because it's specific to them, this room, maybe the, maybe this building is changing according to their point of view. So it's pulling from their memories and subconscious, maybe, of the religious canon from their world. And they, they don't like this. <laughs> it, they're not a big fan. So dungeon weirdness. Got a two. And a four, which is uh, domain of the wounded mother. Things can't die, no matter their injuries. Yeah, so they are. So maybe the whole library is like this. Yeah, maybe maybe now it's just a constant effect on top of maybe other things. <laughs> oh man, that'd be whack. I like that a lot, actually. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Let's yeah. just keep that. Yeah, let's just keep that. No, that's cool. Yeah, yeah. So, um, religious imagery engraved into the walls. So as they're walking through this, the walls are still the same as with like the cracked brickstone and cement, but then it's like lines are being etched in as they walk through this room that is bigger and slowly maybe the vines from the previous room fill out these etchings. And so it's almost like the plants are drawing religious imagery into these walls that they recognize and they, they know a lot about. That's supremely mm -hmm. creepy. And they're just like, mm, nope, don't like this. I am walking. I am walking. And they just walk. They just walk. And, th and this room doesn't seem to have an end. The room they were just in, I imagined, was like a small, maybe like 10 by 10 room. And this room is more like a very large, expanding, never-ending room. As they follow these etchings kind of get more expansive and the plants fill them out and they just keep walking. So as you are walking, you start to hear the click of high heel shoes on the hard floor. A figure steps out of the darkness in front of you. It's a short and curvy woman with curly blonde hair. It's Linda, but not dressed like normal Linda. She's wearing enormous high heels. She's wearing a dark outfit that's deeply low cut. It's revealing. Um, Her boobs look fantastic. They look so good. <laughs> 
and she has her arms crossed. And as she steps in front of you, she says, Baby bird. Oh, it's good to see you again. I was afraid you might be lost down here. Uh, I was definitely lost. I still am. But it is... They, like, pause because they see you. Their eyes are, like, running over you. And they know something's wrong and weird. But they also just don't like being by themselves. And they're just like, okay, you've got an outfit change. That's normal. Like, I didn't. Really. That's fine. Maybe you did. Uh, who knows what this weird, weird world is. And so they kind of, like, approach you. Uh, their tail is kind of, like, wrapped around their leg a little bit, like, curled around their body and their wings are folded and they just walk towards you and they're just like, yeah, uh, there's plants following me. Oh. I bet that's very scary for you, isn't it, baby bird? Yeah, yes. Is it? Mm, you're not scared? No. And she laughs. How about you don't worry your sweet little head about things like that and let me take care of it. All you have to do is follow what I say. Do you think you can handle that? Uh, yeah. I mean, it depends on what you're gonna say, but yes... Whatever I say, you are going to follow it, aren't you? You're going to be a good little baby bird for me. Uh, yes. Yes, correct. Sure. I I dubbed this version Lindom. <laughs> <laughs> that was not the energy Amazing. I was trying to bring to this, but I guess it is now. <laughs> uh, and uh, she pats Rill on the head, but it's not an affectionate gesture. It's, it's patronizing as hell. Yeah, they're brow is like furrowed they're just like uh are you okay linda don't call me that i uh <laughs> what do you want me to call you then and linda doesn't answer and instead she holds her hands out and says give me your journal okay um so they like pat themselves down because they didn't even think about it to have their journal with them they find their phone and they're like oh that's that's neat and then they're like uh i don't have it do you do you have your journal? I... Fuck. What do you mean you don't have it? I mean, I don't... It's not, like, on... It's not on me. And they're, like, still patting themselves down as they look back to see maybe if they dropped it. But as they look back, as much as it is forwards, it's unending. Like, there's no way to see what's behind them except for, like, the past ten feet. And they're just like, yeah, ah, uh, fuck me. Incompetent. I can't believe you've lost your journal. What good are you? Um, I'm, I'm sorry. Sorry. Uh, and they look at you, they're, they're just so confused, just like hurt in their eyes, but they're just like, what the fuck is this? Sorry isn't good enough. If you want to make it up to me, then you're going to have to do something to prove that you're good enough. They take a moment because the words just cut right through them. Not like those words specifically have ever been said in the necessary, but they just start like, okay, yeah, uh, yeah, it's a pretty big goof up. I mean, yeah, what do you need me to, to do? There's someone in this dungeon who looks just like Zen. And I need you to kill them. Um, why? Because I told you to. Okay, but Linda, murder is bad. Linda, murder is bad. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, that's really good. That's really good. Uh, I don't, I don't sound like that. That's not how I sound like. I mean, murder, it, murder is bad, Linda. 
How about you don't worry about it, baby bird, and you just do what I tell you to prove that you're worth having around. By killing people? By killing a little enemy of mine. Don't worry your sweet little head about it. Did Zen eat all of your pie again and not tell you? Is this what this is about? Because murder's kind of a, a drastic step up from that. I don't know if I want to murder someone. Wait, someone who looks like Zen? Is that just like a weird way of saying you want me to murder Zen? Because she could kick my ass. She ignores your rambling and reaches into uh, like a like a belt wrapped around her waist and pulls out a dagger, a wicked looking dagger, and gives it to you. They just take it without thinking. If you kill the one who looks like Zen and you bring me her head, then maybe I'll have something special for you, baby bird. Maybe you can finally graduate to a big bird and I can trust you and bring you into my little inner circle. Wouldn't you like that? Inner circle? What? You have an inner circle? Of course I have an I, inner I, circle, baby bird. I thought I was the inner circle. Is that not what it is? You have other friends? She laughs uproariously at you and gives you a little pat on the head and says, Don't worry about it till later. Right now, all I need you to focus on is killing her and bringing me her head. You just let me worry about everything else. How do I know if the person who looks like Zen isn't Zen so that I don't accidentally kill Zen? Well, hmm, this might be a case where I would kill first and ask questions later. I'll make it worth your while. Uh, uh, mm, I don't know if there's anything you could do to make killing worth my while. At this point, Linda is going to, uh, to reach down and grab Rill by the neck and slam them into one of the walls. Uh, they are looking down at you with terrified eyes. <laughs> if you don't bring me her head, I'll have yours instead. How does that sound, baby bird? Uh, this sounds like you're not actually Linda. And she laughs again. She says, oh, you figured it out. Oh, it only took you so long. I knew there was a reason I thought you were incompetent. I mean, yeah, there's usually a lot of reasons for that. They're <laughs> just like kind of grimacing as you're still got them in this neck hold. Are you... Mm. Where is the real Linda? Oh, wouldn't you like to know? Don't you worry about her. All I need is for you to kill Zen. I think that's simple enough. She won't even see it coming. You won't have to have a big fight. Not like you're terribly good at those anyway. You bring me her head, or you bring me your head. It's up to you, but either way, I'll see you later, baby bird. And she lets go of your neck and lets you crumple to the floor and slinks off again into the darkness. Hey everybody, thanks so much for listening. I wanted to jump in with a quick reminder that you can support us by leaving a review on Podchaser or iTunes. Since we're an independent show, this helps us a ton. You can also support us by buying stickers, making a one-time donation, or joining as a monthly supporter on our Ko-fi page at ko-fi.com slash theeternityarchives. Our monthly supporters get exclusive behind-the-scenes content like character sheets, GM notes, and access to our fan discord. Before we get back to it, here's a message from another great show on the Be Gay Roll Dice Network. Check them out and give them a listen. Thanks so much, and enjoy the rest of the episode.
Are you ready for Super Idols RPG? Super Idols. A rotating cast of today's hottest up-and-coming tabletop players in one all-new power-packed podcast. Super Idols. Move into a new dimension with the year's biggest pop music-themed, magical girl-inspired masks campaign. Super Idols. Now you can have all your favorite nerdy roleplay in a funny, sincere, diverse, character-driven package. Super Idols. Meet soon-to-be chart-topping idols like Violence Violet, Bane Raven, Symphoria, Elementum, Queen Bee, Warcry, and Karen. Karen. Super Idols RPG, the internet's premier narrative play podcast about super-powered teen idols. Call the number on your screen now to order Super Idols RPG on CD or cassette, or stream it wherever podcasts are sold. Must be 13 years or older to listen because we do sometimes say Please do not actually try to order a CD or cassette from us. That's just part of the parody. Please send a self-addressed stamped envelope to yourself because you deserve something nice in the mail today. And seriously, come listen to Super Idols RPG. It's pretty cool and it's a fun show and we think you'll like it. Visit superidolsrpg.castos.com for more details. Linda, you're, you're still alone. Where are you? So Linda is still um, on the floor where she has been in this weirdly blank section of the library. And she's still getting these visions, these flashes in her mind of Zen and Rill turning or running from her, leaving her behind, leaving her alone, um, sometimes with the scowls or disgusted looks on their face, sometimes just walking right past her, not even noticing her. She's curled up on the floor completely overwhelmed and hugging her own knees. But she starts to hear almost a whisper in the back of her mind. And she's struck with maybe the idea that maybe she's not totally alone. Maybe, uh, maybe there's something she can do to try and figure out her way out of here. So she's going to go ahead and roll for commune with strange powers, which is a minus one. So this is going to go good. I rolled a two. Minus one. Ooh. So that, in that case, it means uh, the results are no use to you and you'll need time to recover. So. Also, the results are confusing, overwhelming, or frightening. So when Linda taps into this to see if maybe she can ask if there's a way out or see if she can have a better understanding of her space, she gets a vision instead of this library, this featureless library stretching out into nothingness it's endless dark hallways and she's alone completely alone there's no one else in the library linda's getting like that special view of the eldritch part of this eldritch library Yeah, it stretches endlessly into nothingness and she doesn't see another single soul just formless folds and twists in a maze forever and you know what i think what I think those growing, creeping plants from Rill's section of the library have started to migrate their way here. I think that's an excellent idea. As Linda is sitting on the floor, slightly dazed by the vision she's had, totally alone in this Eldrick library, she suddenly is taken aback when she starts to feel something gently tickle her hand. And when she looks down, she sees it's a vine, one of those pale plants that's elsewhere in the library. But this is not just a regular vine. It's uh, thorny and crowned in familiar flowers, something like a shade of the vines that had attacked her in the forest of sweetgrass. 
it looks like those vines, but it's sort of pale and shadowy. Linda jumps to her feet standing, uh, and she whirls, uh, looking as the vines begin to slowly grow out of the walls, the folds. Uh, they start to begin to make cracks in the stone and grow out. And before she can even run, the vines shoot out of the floor around her, completely surrounding her, uh, tangling themselves around her feet, her arms. They start to snake up uh, around her shoulders and her neck. She is going to roll for Lash Out. My goal is to get away from the plants. To, like, burst free so she can maybe, like, run to a different room. She's not feeling hopeful about what's going to be in that other room, but she is maybe hoping that uh, that other room at least doesn't have plants in it yet. My hard is minus one, so again, this is going to be good. I rolled... A two again. Oh, goodness. So the problem isn't solved, and the GM picks two options from this list. So I'm going to first choose to take a point of hurt. Okay. And the second one is you are forced to flee. I guess that means you do get out into, like, the next room. Probably Linda's going to be running backwards towards where she came from, though, as opposed to the forward she was hoping to go. You're forced to to go backwards, and those vines are still growing out of the walls in the last room, and they're still advancing on you. Oh boy. So Linda then is going to run into the next room, and I'm going to go ahead and roll an aesthetics for it. So that's a five and a six, which is some sections partially flooded. So as she starts running, she notices that the walls around her get degraded. They get crumbly. There's little vines growing out of all the crags and and nooks. And she starts to run sort of through puddles. And as she's running, um, the water gets deeper and deeper until she's up in her waist, moving slowly uh, while she can still hear, if she listens close enough, the straining of rocks as plants start to go through it. So I think next I'm going to try and roll escape notice to see if maybe she can like get under the water or go as quietly as possible to try and get through the water without the vines finding her since she can't exactly move very well at the moment. So this one is plus subtle and her subtle is plus one. I rolled seven plus one is an eight. Okay, so that is a success. So either escape safely or plus one to act from surprise. So I'm going to go ahead and and say that Linda escapes safely. She sort of kicks up on her stomach to kind of like doggy paddle as quietly as possible through the flooded sections until the water is shallow enough that she can just walk out. And when she walks out and gets to the other side, the vines are probably no longer actively right behind her. So, at the moment, Rill is just sitting on the floor, clutching that knife that not Linda gave them. They're just trying to process all of the information. At first, they're just staring at the ground, and eventually they look up, and before them is a mural, almost. Like a painting that describes a scene, and it like takes up this entire 
wall space. And it's very intricate, you know, more intricate than you think vines could draw. Like, the vines even have, like, varying thickness, so, like, there are thinner, smaller vines to fill out details and stuff like that. And so, this is imagery that was pulled from the religious canon from Rill's World, so it's something they're familiar with. At one end of the wall, back from where they came from, there is, uh, like, a painting slash drawing whatever, vine vining. There's, like, a waist-up drawing of a figure just, like, looking very intimidating, has, like, armor on, maybe holding an axe or something like that. And then at the very other end of this quote-unquote mural, uh, there's another figure who, same positioning, waist-up, they are not as, like, warlike looking, probably more passive, and and instead of an axe, there's, like, flowers and stuff like that. And then in the middle of the, the scene, it depicts, like, pictures of war, so lots of little drawings of people fighting. There's almost like a timeline of maybe some kind of war or whatever. Pictures of people like fighting on dragons, uh, people fighting one really big dragon. There's like super big people like fighting maybe like uh, tiny people who are, you know, maybe the average size. There's a lot of fighting <laughs> is, is like, you know, like 90% of this, this painting. And then kind of at the end is less cluttered space. Like the painting before all this was just like every space was filled with some kind of fighting. And then at the end there's kind of like, oh, it's like a nice peaceful scene of like an open field and people aren't dying. And I was thinking like the corpses that are like painted in this scene, uh, the vines that are filling the lines might even like start changing color when they filled in the cracks of like the the quote-unquote like dead people or corpses and they like turn red vine juices or water like red water just sort of like drip down from from them real is just kind of looking at this and just sort of taking it all in kind of contemplating what not linda told them to do thinking about all the possible scenarios like that wasn't really linda that was a hallucination like linda would have never talked like that Uh, this knife isn't real. And then they would, like, kind of prick themselves with the point of the knife. And then, you know, obviously it hurts, and it draws a little bit of blood. And they're like, okay, the the knife is real. It is as real as I am. Shit. (laughs) Uh, And then, yeah, they're just trying to figure out what is going on and what they should do. But right now, they're just kind of in their head as they stare at this mural slash painting... The words of what Not Linda said to them about being incompetent and all that kind of stuff. Like, what are you good for? Just kind of like circling around in the head. And I didn't mention it before, but those words, they would have taken too harm from just kind of all the emotional hurt <laughs> that they received from, from Linda's, Not Linda's words. So there's that. <laughs> Rel isn't sitting there for very long before they hear heavy footsteps coming in their direction. From one of these corridors connecting to the room, Zen walks in. Her claws, her hands are covered in blood. Doesn't look like her own. And she just looks... She looks pissed off, but she also looks distracted. 
Since Rill is just like sitting there quietly, it's possible that Rill would see her before she sees them. They're very on alert on Ed, so they would definitely turn their head at any sort of noise. And so when they hear her footsteps, their head would just like snap towards Zen, just kind of like wide eyes, like clutching this knife in their hand, just like trembling. Because they don't know. They don't know what exactly is going on here. They haven't really quite figured out if this is all real or not yet. They know that like they are as real as the things that are in this room, but maybe like all of this isn't real. They've been reading a lot of like uh, theoretical physics stuff, so it's kind of like... <laughs> Sounds like that's done as much harm as good. Yeah, and, and they don't, they absolutely do not have the understanding for most of it. So it's all very cluttered in their head and like nonsensical, so... <laughs> so what do they do when they see blood-covered, clearly angry Zen come around the corner? They're afraid. They don't say anything. Because they don't know if this is actually Zen, or just a Zen look-alike, which I suppose is what they want. They haven't made the decision to be like, yes, I'm going to kill the Zen look-alike. They are just like, they don't want to fight. They're scared. They're they're just like, okay, maybe I just don't make any noises and they will they'll leave me alone. So yeah, they, they're just sitting there, just staring, just kind of like wide-eyed. Just... She's completely covered in blood, right? Because she like cut, you know, not Rill's jugular, essentially. Uh, yeah, no, Rill is terrified. Rill is just like, what the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> Rill is not going to escape notice. Zen sees them pretty quickly and stops blood dripping from her claws. And she is snarling like her teeth bared she says what are you doing here um I-, I wish i knew i i don't know what i'm doing here what are you doing here so zen is going to look at rill and try and figure out whether or not this is actually real mm-hmm. and i'm going to roll to reveal truths but for this one you need to actually like try to probe me so there's like something you need to be like navigating conversationally i suppose you know to try to get me to say something that proves that i am me you know what i mean yeah because you can't just like stare at me and be like yes this is real (laughs) i mean i guess you could actually real has already said a few things yeah that's fair so zen is I, i guess trying to put this together in her mind to figure out whether or not it's convincing i got a seven yeah that's a success I learned something useful. I may ask the GM or most relevant player, which is real, one of the following questions and get an accurate answer. I guess what is the most dangerous thing here? Because right now Zen is suspicious of real, but if real is not like the danger, then Zen wants to be aware of that. So what is the most dangerous thing to Zen right now? Yes. So you're looking around the room. There isn't really much to it. The walls look really shoddy, but it doesn't look like the room would like collapse at any moment. So it's not a sh- it's not a structural integrity thing. It seems to be fine. It's held together by magic and bullshit. There's you who is covered in blood and pissed off. But you're not really a danger to yourself. You're a danger to maybe the other person here. The most dangerous thing to Zen 
probably would be real or more specifically the knife they're holding. You know, you got a success on that. You can tell that real is like hesitant. You know, they're not like, I am going to stab you. They're not holding it with someone who has the intent to kill. They're holding it clearly as someone who is just afraid and has a knife. And they're just like, this is what I'm holding on to, to have some semblance of the control in the situation would be what you are gathering from this without knowing where that knife came from. So Zen sees the knife and sees the way Rill is holding the knife. And Zen just says, oh, for fuck's sake. And like moves forward and tries to like take the knife out of Rill's hands. Oh, Jesus. Okay, describe how she does this. She stalks forward, blood dripping off of her, and basically just tries to take it out of Rail's hands. But does she, like, pick them up? Because they're sitting down, so and they already are a bit shorter than, than Zen. So she'd have to, like, kneel over. Zen will bend over, crouch down. They see Zen approaching with, like, purpose. Covered in blood, they're, she's pissed off looking. Rail's just, like, just pure adrenaline. They roll out of the way. They're just trying to get away from this zen-looking person. They kind of uh, scramble, not completely on their feet. They're, they're definitely clumsy a little bit, and they try to roll smoothly, but it, it, they didn't get the positioning kind of quite right. And so they, they, they roll away, and they are kind of like crouched right now, still holding the knife. And they are holding the knife properly. It's like blade away from them. They're holding onto the handle. And they're just looking at you with wide eyes. They are scared. They are just like, uh, hi. So at this point in time, uh, Linda has, um, has continued walking away from the flooded section of the library. And she begins to see some light in the distance and uh, decides that that's where she wants to head. She's seeing the distant light of uh, Rail's lantern, which is, of course, as we have established, their cell phone. Yeah, their smartphone with a flashlight on. (laughs) Yep. Um, But as they see that light and as they begin approaching, they notice that something weird is going on in the distance. The voices that Linda can hear sound tense. And uh, she approaches cautiously and decides to sort of watch from a distance. Since everything here is kind of weird and fucked up, she's not quite sure what's going on. So Zen sees Rail roll away from them, holding the knife. And Zen's just like, yeah, of course it's me. And takes another step forward towards Rail and holds out her hand. It's like, give me that fucking thing. You're going to cut yourself with it before you cut anything useful. Oh my god. Shit. Zen is already very frustrated from the violence she had to do today. And secretly, Zen does get frustrated with, like, Rill in general. Because Rill is, like, much more passive than she is. There have been times in the past where Zen just finds herself getting frustrated with that sort of attitude. And at a moment like this, when she is already compromised emotionally uh that's gonna show itself a little more as you step forward real would definitely try to step back but they're like crouched so they actually just fall back kind of like sitting down and maybe just kind of push themselves away from you as they're still sitting down 
Their eyes do not leave yours. They are still holding onto that knife. And they just shake their head like, no, I'm not going to give you the knife. Because as far as they're concerned, they don't know who you are. To them, they've been told that there is a someone who looks like Zen here. And they just, they have not decided whether they are going to kill not Zen yet. But you are also covered in blood and they're scared. <laughs> so they're just like <laughs> trying to do what they can here without actually like fighting you. So Zen just takes a deep breath, sighs, frustrated, annoyed. Says, if something comes around that corner, because we don't know where we are. Do you know where we are? Uh, no. I don't know where we are either. If something comes around that corner that doesn't want us to be here, what the hell are you going to do with that knife? I don't know, stab them? I mean, I, I can use I can use a fucking knife. This isn't the kitchen, Rail. No, obviously it is not a fucking kitchen. Look, just give me the knife. I lost my sword. That sounds like a you problem, doesn't it? Oh, I think evil Rill said those exact words to Zen earlier. Oh, did, did that? <laughs> yes. Oh, shit. <laughs> oh, shit. And in that moment, like, something violent, like, flashes behind Zen's eyes. There's a little bit of murder in her. And yeah, she she steps towards Rill again, like, a little more harshly, a little quicker. Last chance, Rill, or I'm gonna start having doubts. Uh, doubts about what? About who you are. I don't fucking know what that means. I'm- I'm me. Are you you? Of course I'm me. Give me the knife. No! They're still, like, backing away from you. Alright, well, keep backing away, and, uh, eventually, Rail's gonna hit a wall, and Zen knows that. They just keep backing up, and yeah, they hit, like, a column of some sort. Alright, and then Zen moves in, gets up in that personal space, and tries to just take the knife. They are going to reach out and try to cut you with the knife, just as, like, a defensive thing. Do you want me to roll a lash out? <laughs> If you're trying to hurt me, then yes. Yes. I have deer in the headlights, which gives me a negative two to lash out or escape notice. So that's great. Uh, lash out is hard, right? Yes. And they have a negative one, so they get a negative three to this roll. Fantastic. Oh my goodness. Really oh good, Rill. <laughs> if I had to figure out stats for, like, Dark Rill, I was like, oh, I'll just do the inverse of what they're doing. Like, <laughs> 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 uh, yeah, five minus three, it is a two. Oh, wow. Oh, boy. Okay, so the problem isn't solved, and the GM picks two options from this list. I'm gonna say the move's victim gets a bond on everyone acting against them. Suzanne gets a bond on Rill. Okay. And something valuable of yours is lost or destroyed. I take your knife. How do you take my knife? Do you, like, grab my wrist or anything, or do you- Yeah, when- when Rail goes to stabs and grabs their wrist and just, like, squeezes. And then with her other hand, just, like, pries the knife out of Rail's hand. Uh, they're definitely trying to struggle. They're just, like, grimacing. And they're trying not to make any noises, like, pain noises. They're, like, gritting their teeth. They are trying to pull away from you, but they are not strong at all. It is- a limp noodle in your vice grip essentially does like crushing their wrists if that is what you're going for uh you could they are just completely powerless against you 
So as Linda's been been watching from a distance, she's going to to use her her watchful move, which is uh, when I try to roll a reveal truths about someone who doesn't realize you're observing them. Um, so she's she's still out of out of your sight, but she's watching this unfold and and listening and trying to figure out what's going on to try and assess if there's a threat or what is going on. So I get a plus one to a reveal truths, which is otherwise also soft. So that's a plus three. And I got a six plus three is a nine. So Linda looks and realizes um, from the voices and from the postures that it's real and Zen. And she can't tell if necessarily if it's good, real and Zen or um, spooky, real and Zen. Um, but she does see that you're fighting and she can tell that both of you have like a like a desperation in your voice. Since I got a success, I either can pick a bond on my subject or a plus one to act on what I've learned. That's an overwhelming success, though. A nine? No, the plus one to the next roll or a bond is for an overwhelming success. You just got a regular success. No, no, this was my watchful move. Oh. Yeah, on a success, pick either a bond on your subject. Watchful is reveal truths with a plus one. Okay, so you get you get that in addition to your success. Yes. Okay, I understand. You also get to ask a question. Yeah, because you, you're using revealed truths. The watchful is just a bonus on top of the revealed truth success. Okay. So the question that I am asking is, what hidden motives are at work here? So I haven't ever seen Evil Zen. So I'm asking about Rill, since we've seen a questionably evil Rill before. And what hidden motives I see are that Rill is very scared. I think that's an accurate description. <laughs> yes. You have never seen, like, Rill is not a violent person. Like, obviously they have committed violence given the situations y'all have been placed in, but they have not willingly hurt someone. Rill's only murdered people on accident. Yes. And, and usually they're like monsters or something too. Or adventurers. Or adventure. Yeah, okay. Yes, that was that was an accident. <laughs> you can't do non-lethal rage damage. <laughs> so they were definitely just now. They were striking to inflict some kind of real harm. That was not like them trying to scare this person who looks like Zenaway. This this was them trying to stick a knife in her face. So make of that information what you will. <laughs> Okay, so then since Linda sees Rill very afraid, uh, seems to be real Rill, uh, Rill's very afraid, they're fighting Zen, something is not right, and what Linda needs to do immediately is go and intervene. I could see it being get a read on somebody, but since there's literal, like, knives flying around, I think what Linda's gonna do is take a lash out and try and get herself, like, literally between Zen and Rill. Like, try and, like, get her arms in there and be like, stop. Well, I think lash out is, like, specifically resorting to violence. Yeah. I think this one, like, get a read on somebody might actually work because it's how to convince someone to do what you want, which is to stop. So then Linda's going to get a read on Zen. So she is going to go up to Zen She's gonna like run. She's sprinting to close that distance between you. Get her hand on Zen's shoulder and try and pull Zen back and say, stop, stop. So that is a roll plus subtle, plus I get a plus one from my watchful. Remember that we have bonds on each other too. Zen That's has two true. bonds on me, and then we have one bond 
for everything okay. else, I believe. That's true. And I have a plus one bond on Zen. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that doesn't affect this, I think, since I'm not trying to actually do hurt. Oh, no. It said uh, plus one on somebody's role affecting her, but I'm somebody. So It says yeah. you can give yourself plus one to a role affecting them after seeing the results of the role. Yeah. Okay. I really wish it said that on the cheat sheet. Remind me to bring that up again at the end. <laughs> okay, so I am going to roll for get a read on Zen, plus subtle, plus one, so that's plus two total, and then I can spend a point of bond if I need to. I rolled a nine plus two, so that's an 11. Holy shit. Is, is that an overwhelming success? That is an overwhelming yes. success. Okay, so you get some serious leverage over them. Okay. Uh, as for a normal success, the most relevant player tells you what it would take to motivate them right now. You can do that instead of spending a bond, and if they accept, they get three experience points, just like if bonds had been spent. So basically, I tell you what it would take for you to motivate me, and then if I am motivated by what you do, I get three experience. Okay, so Linda is sprinting across this space and she is going to as best she can actually i was gonna say she's gonna put her hands on zen's shoulder but she's significantly shorter than zen so she's gonna wrap her arms around zen's waist and try to pull her back what would it take for you to stop attacking rill well she has the knife so that's one goal accomplished i think the next step would be to like hear linda as a voice of reason Okay, so what Linda is going to do, she's tugging Zen back, and what she is going to shout is, Stop fighting. We only have each other in here, and we can't solve any problems if we just turn on each other. So Zen feels Linda. Yes. Zen hears Linda. Yes. Zen doesn't see Linda. That is correct. Linda is invisible. The confusion of that does calm her down enough to, like, stop and think and, like, cool down a little bit. And she just looks around and she's, like, narrowing her eyes to try and, like, find Linda. And she's like, Linda, is that you? She touches where she feels those hands on her and is trying to find Linda. So Linda is going to grab Zen's hand gently, like a handhold, not like a gotcha and say, yes, yes, Zen, it's me, it's all right. I'm here, I, it's, it's okay, it's me. Zen looks at Rill. So they were looking at you, then they heard Linda's voice as well, and their eyes just widened, and they're just kind of like looking around. If it was possible for them to look any more tense and on edge, they would be right now. They are just like clearly about to jump out of their skin, and they're just not saying anything. They're just looking, yeah, they're just looking around. Rill, are you all right? Is everything okay? What happened? Uh, they don't know how to answer this because the last time they talked to quote-unquote you, they got berated and <laughs> called incompetent. Yeah, everything's fine. It's fine. They try to pull their wrist, like yank their wrist out of Zen's grasp. Zen lets Real go. And they just sit there, I think, and just kind of like stare at the floor, just needing a moment to gather themselves, I think. What happened to both of you? I ran into, into some plants, but that's that's all what... Why were you fighting? Uh, Zen points at Rail and says, The last one of them I ran into tried to kill me. And then I find this one, and they tried to stab me. The last tiefling you ran into? Yeah, are you being racist against tieflings, Zen? <laughs> no, the last Rail. <laughs> oh. Linda sort of, like, 
withdraws a little bit. She's trying to to figure out how to deal with this. She she knows, you know, they've seen the the other Desi and now at least one more rill. They've confirmed it's another rill. She's thinking hard about that. Is it weird if Rill takes another hurt from this? Like, just this interaction, like, all of this happening. <laughs> Bobby's trying to kill Rill today. <laughs> no, I just, like, they are very, like, they're already very emotionally fragile. And just, like, all of this happening right now is just worsening it more and more. I mean, I think it's if you think they would take a hurt from it, they take a hurt from it. Yeah, I think they just take a hurt. They're just bleeding out hurt as, as like they have a permanent <laughs> dot while they're in this dungeon. Uh, yeah, I think they would take another hurt. So I believe Rill is at three hurt at the moment. You would just hear them mumble, you know, after not saying anything. They would just be like, do you have your journals? No. No. I don't have my journal. And you think maybe they would be relieved at hearing that. But in their mind, they're just like... Well, I shouldn't have lost mine. So they don't say anything in response. They would stand up and I guess start walking forward again. Where are you going? I need to find my journal. Do you have a plan or are you just going to aimlessly wander out there? At your tone and words, they flinch a little. (laughs) Um, They stop and they just give like a wordless shrug and they just keep walking forward And at this point, I think, like, when they got up to stand up, they probably, like, what is the word, shelved their wings? I don't know how you... (laughs) I don't know what the word... Like, they had their wings folded, but they can also, like, make their wings disappear, you know? Because, like, this whole time, they've had their wings out, but usually, that was a more recent development. So, like, a sucky any? (laughs) Ew. (laughs) No! We'll have to figure out a word for that, but yeah, I would say you shelved for now, they shelf their wings. It's their, their, no wings, no wings out right now. How about they put their wings away? Uh, fine. <laughs> uh, they look in the back room to see if there's any more wings in stock. <laughs> no, yeah, they, 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 yeah, they just gave that shrug and then just keep, keep walking forward. And that's where we'll pick up next time here on the Eternity Archives. Eternity Archives is hosted, produced, and edited by Dorka, Bappy, and Siva. Find us on Twitter at, at @thearchivespod or online at theeternityarchives.com. Our intro music is Paint the Sky by Hans Adam, and sound effects are obtained from zapsplat.com. Check out our show notes for more information and some helpful resources. Consider supporting us by telling your friends about us, or leave us a tip at our Ko-fi page, ko-fi.com slash theeternityarchives. Subscribe to our Kofi for all sorts of exclusive bonuses, behind-the-scenes content, and other fun surprises. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time. Be gay! Roll dice! An LGBTQIA actual play podcast network.